We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, joining us today for the first time on Green with Envy as we approach training camp, it is time to take a look around the NBA and start some season previews. Today, we start with the Brooklyn Nets and joining us to help us preview the Brooklyn Nets, we have Christian Winfield of the New York Daily News. What's going on, man? What's going on, man? I'm chilling, enjoying my last little bit of vacation, quote unquote, if you want to call staying in Brooklyn vacation. Uh, but yeah, I'm hanging out, man. How's everything with you? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. And we're, we're going to get into some basketball, but I wanted to switch it up on you here for a minute. You know, I, I see through Twitter, you're a Jets fan. I'm a Pats fan. So <laughs> I know I, I already see it, man. Oh I gotta, my I gotta... God, why? <laughs> Hey, listen. Starting listen. the conversation with just Mac. I, I, I want to check in. This, this is a mental health check-in. How are you doing with this Jet season so far? How do you think I'm doing, bro? Zach Wilson is my quarterback. Zach Wilson was not supposed to be my quarterback, bro. It was supposed to be Aaron Rodgers, and now it's like back at square one, bro. It's like, it's, it's so depressing because I have zero faith that he'll be able to get us to above 500, right? Like, yeah, it's not, yeah. I don't think, I don't think we're going to win nine games with Zach Wilson as our quarterback. And that's the unfortunate part because I thought we were going to win. I, I put in a fan duel bet that we were going undefeated and winning the Super Bowl. I put a dollar <laughs> on both of them. One was $150 oh, and man. one was $20 payout. And I'm like, you know, we got Aaron Rodgers. There's a chance that this actually happens. Ain't no way in hell we going even 500. I don't think we're going to make the playoffs. And it sucks because our defense is great. You know, we have weapons. It, I wish I had some Henny in this fucking car. <laughs> you could let it fly on here. And, you know, I, you know I'm so, I live in Texas, but I'm from Boston. I got a bunch of New York fans in my life. And, bro, I, I, had, a, I, had, a, I had a men's league game the night of Monday Night Football. And one of the guys on my team showed up late because he wanted to watch that the beginning of that Monday night football game. This dude walked in so dejected halftime of the first of the first game. We had three games that night to so the first game. He was so dejected to see everything fall apart so quickly. What sucked is that we actually went on to win the game, right? right. So like we, we had like false hope. Okay, cool. Yeah, we could be secured a dub here. And then the reality sets there. We got 
Zach Wilson as our starting quarterback. Cowboys come out, and Cowboys are a great defense, so you can't even really be mad. Like that, pro- that could have happened to Aaron Rodgers too. Our O line has been trash. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? With 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 no protection, anybody could get can lose thirty to ten. But I mean, now you start planning for future teams that you think you would have beaten once you had Aaron Rodgers, and it's like, <sighs> well, what makes you feel any better, man? Pat, I don't think the Pats are going anywhere. Pats aren't doing anything. I'm I'm the I'm a non Mac Jones believer. You know, you're upset with Zach Wilson. I don't think Mac Jones is he's better. I will say that, but he's not that much better, and we ain't going anywhere with him either. I wish we had Mac Jones over Zach Wilson. I'd take <laughs> I'd take Mac Jones over Zach Wilson every single day of the week. All we need is someone who can complete a pass, bro. The bar is so comp, low. The bar is so low. It's just one of these days. One of these days, we will. It's like we're cursed, man. It's how something good happens to the Jets. We get like, yeah. <laughs> but you also don't well, want to be a well, Giant. Like, I can't jump ship and be a Giants fan or any other a fan of any other team. And I respect the hell out of that, man. I I feel like you you got a team. You stick with that team through the good times, the bad times, and that's the way it should be. So so I do respect that. It's really unfortunate, but here we are. <laughs> we got another what fifteen games. Got a cheer for my team. Hopefully, we go out and sign somebody, right? I, I would take somebody off the couch right now. I would take Tom Brady. Real quick, who would you take? Other than Tom Brady, who would you take? I don't even know, man. It's not a lot of good. Not a lot of good. I'll be it's real. Not, it's like I see some people floating around Colin Kaepernick. I'm like, I, I, as much as that idea would would be cool. I mean, are we gonna still be doing this three years from now when the decade anniversary comes up? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, playing wise, that storyline seems to have passed. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, that's the other point. Like, we don't know who who would come off the bench. I mean, who's going to come off the couch? So, we'll see. <laughs> Life of a Jets fan, man. Sitting on Aaron, all the eggs in the Aaron Rodgers basket, which makes sense. But, like, he's 40, right? He's injury prone. So, we should have had the foresight to get somebody else so that in case he goes down, it, it's not the Zach Wilson show. I don't – I don't. it's not my job to think of who the quarterback should be, man. It's – well, I'll apologize in advance for starting off the interview with this. It sounds like I've, I've twisted your headspace in a place that it didn't need to be. I need to go for a run. <laughs> All right. Well, let's 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 switch gears then. Let's talk a little bit of basketball. And I don't know if this is going to be that much better of a question, to be 100% honest. No, no, no. no. I can talk basketball play. all day. I, I have separated myself emotionally from the team I cover, even okay. though it's my okay. hometown team. I can could, I could talk good or bad with Nets, Knicks all day. Well, then let's uh, let's start here. KD Kyrie Nets basketball is finally over. Summarize it for me, your experience covering that as, you know, as much as you can. I mean, whatever you can give me. I mean, first and foremost, it was a blessing, right? Because with the superstars comes the spotlight, comes the attention, comes millions of people who want to know what's going on with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, even Ben Simmons, right? There's still that level of attention on Brooklyn because you got a 40, $44 million player right now in Ben Simmons who's not playing, who is talking more now. So you're going to assume he's going to be ready. But if he's not performing to the level of his conversation right now, then you're going to have somebody like me asking tough questions. And there's going to be people who are going to tune in for that, right? So on one, on one, in one sense, you know, having the stars come to Brooklyn changes the the scope of your job. Almost like I was having a conversation with our beat with our Jets beat writer Antoine, which is why I feel for him so much. Once once Aaron Rodgers goes down, don't nobody care about the Jets no more. I don't even I barely care about the Jets now, and I'm a fan because we know they go. They're pretty much going to go as far as Zach Wilson's going to take them. But through that training camp, you know, they had Eminem go to training camp. You got Sexy Red showing up to games. Like hey, you kind of had that same energy at Barclays for an extended period of time, right? So. That's one instance. Um, 
And then just from actual work, I mean, you go from now, pretty much Kevin, Kyrie, James, Ben, they're giving you the stories every day because they're doing so many different things that you have to cover. It gives you like added creative freedom now. Like, okay, well, I don't have to worry about what Kyrie is going to say about getting vaccinated or not getting vaccinated. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I can worry about the X's and O's. I can worry about what's going on on the floor. I can worry about trying to build relationships with these guys. So it's definitely a different challenge uh, that's ahead, but I enjoy it. You got a group of guys that want to go out there, play some defense, you know, move the ball, play for each other. It's a completely different type of team. Um, I I'm excited, but it's definitely going to be a, a different challenge for sure. So in the end, did this experiment help or hurt? Because obviously drawing the stars, showing that, hey, we can get stars to come here. That's that's part one. A lot of franchises don't even get that far. But the way that it failed and you tried to do other iterations and it ultimately didn't work out, in the long run, does that help or hurt? Or just because y'all are part of that footprint in New York, maybe it doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, I, I think it legitimizes what you said, the footprint that the Nets have, right? Because they came and it, it didn't go wrong because of the location, right? The location is is, is Teflon right now. If, if the Nets can create a, a, a situation that attracts those type of players again, people are going to flock here. We saw it happen already, right? So I think it's more so, I wouldn't say an indictment. Yeah, I think it's more so an indictment on the front office not being able to keep those stars and appease those stars. But at the same time, you had to know once you brought Kyrie here that there was going to be some situation where he and the front office didn't see eye to eye on something. Right. It just so happened that it's every single season something's coming up. Right. We had stories mm -hmm. as soon as he got here. We had stories from ESPN talking about there was something that he was doing on a trip that made I'll never forget the words that made Nets officials feel queasy. That's what Jackie McMullen wrote. And I was like, wait, we, he's been here for like three weeks. What are we talking about? Right. So <laughs> it's kind of crazy. But I mean, to your question, it, it shows you, yes, we can attract that type of caliber of player to this city. This city is part of the larger market of New York City. It's not like it's it's broken up, even though the Knicks have this great stronghold over the culture and over the over the fan base here. You still were able to attract two of the best players at NBA three, honestly, you throwing James Harden in there, You're able to attract these players. You can do it again. It's just are you going to learn from your past mistakes as to why it didn't work the first time around? when you go for it. Cause right now the nets are a, a piece away right now. You get a superstar, a real superstar caliber player. For example, just, just hypothetically, you put James Harden back on this nets team and you keep, uh, you keep Ben Simmons, you keep Mikhail Bridges, you keep uh, Cam Johnson, you keep Nick Claxton. I don't, that doesn't sound possible. Right. But in the event that that was able to happen, yeah. that's a compelling yeah. team right there. Right. So they're, they're going to approach this point where they're going to be a superstar away again, and they need to have learned from the last go round. So before we move on to like this upcoming season, you kind of mentioned it, right? New York has this, or the Knicks specifically, have this stronghold on New York. What is the city of New York's relationship to the Nets? Because I know from the outside looking in, it, they're, they're even, it's, it's not even the same as like little brother. They're, they're almost non-existent, basically. Like, what is it, though, from somebody inside who knows the ins and outs of it? I mean, well, Knicks fans is Nets haters, right? Let, we can just start there, right? It, it just it just is what it is. There's always that running fan of the uh, the running uh, the joke that the Nets don't have any fans. Um, that's not necessarily true. I, I've seen fans pack out Barclays for games that don't even matter, right? I've seen <laughs> fans pack out Barclays during playoff games. I've seen Barclays have that energy during some high 
during some really important games, right? But what separates these games and these teams and these franchises, how do you show up and how, how does the fan base show up in a meaningless game in the middle of January, right? And maybe the Nets need this win, but are you guys giving them this energy? Are you guys chanting defense when they're down 10 trying to make a comeback, right? Can we, do your chance feel legitimate, right? Like when, when you go to MSG, when you go to Boston TD Garden, when you go to, shoot, when you go to Milwaukee, when you go even to Phoenix, right? When you go to some of these other arenas, you can feel that energy in your bones. Sometimes you don't feel that at Magic Square, at, at Barclays. I liken Barclays to the energy that you get at the Chase Center. When you go to a game in, in, in the new uh, Warriors arena, it kind of feels like they're still trying to figure out how to fan, right? And I'm not trying to say Nets fans don't are not real fans or are, don't know how to fan, but like it's a collaborative effort, right? And, and it takes years, almost decades, generations to build that, to have that rapport to know that once someone says something, that's the beginning of a chant that everybody else in the arena has to check into, right? Like Barclays doesn't have that yet. That said, there is interest there, right? I mean, you see the Liberty games are popping, right? Like it, yeah. there's, there's a yeah. whole lot of interest. There's a whole lot of buzz about what's going on in Brooklyn. I think Mikhail Bridges somehow finds himself in the middle of the spotlight as the, as the face of this franchise. I think he's a great guy. I think, you know, it makes sense. Um, I think it's time for this fan base to take another step, but you know, there's just so many Knicks fans and they're always going to be measured against the Knicks. Kind of like the Clippers are always going to be measured against the, the Lakers. Um, so that, they're probably never going to have that type of footprint in New York City, but I do think they can get to the point where these games, these these games are starting to feel more more authentic, more genuine in a way, and that's what I think they're going for. Yeah, and you, and you mentioned Mikael Bridges. He's really, you know, he's obviously he's the best player in the Nets team going into this season. You know, how do you view him as maybe a centerpiece to build around? Is that the wrong way to put it? Tell me how how is he viewed by Nets fans and by you know Nets media. You, you know, I would say the way I viewed him before FIBA and after FIBA are, are two completely different things, right? Like right, right. before FIBA, I'm thinking, okay, played in the playoffs, didn't really look too good, you know, had difficulty dealing with double teams, right? But then once you see him kind of slot into that second option and excel right alongside Anthony Edwards, I mean, you're talking about Brandon Ingram supposed to be that second scorer, right? When I'm looking at that roster entering FIBA, I'm thinking, okay, Number one, I don't know how they started Brandon Ingram and Mikhail Bridges, knowing both of those guys are like 185 pounds and you're playing international basketball against guys that are like bruisers, right? So I figured one of them would have to come off the bench. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe Mikhail Bridges comes off the bench because Team USA is going to need Brandon Ingram to score. Mikhail Bridges comes in and he's the play the sec, plays the second most minutes behind Anthony Edwards on that team. And he's hitting big shots in crunch time, right? But for him, the next step is, and this is the same thing I was saying last season, you know, once you get thrust into that role where you're the number one guy, teams start putting a lot of defensive attention on you. You need to learn how to create for somebody else, right? When that double team comes, what's the decision you're making? We saw him have some costly turnovers in FIBA when the ball was in his hand. So that's the next step for him under pressure. Uh, and that's the reason why, you know, I don't know if it's going to be Ben Simmons, right? But a primary playmaker, a primary ball in the hands guy is going to be so important for a guy like Mikhail because you don't want him to be thinking, okay, how am I going to get other guys involved? He's somebody who's going to catch it. His game is, you know, like KD Light. I love that you just said that. I, I said that when he was at Villanova. I was, I was like, I know this is blasphemous and I can't actually make this direct comparison, but it, it, it looks and feels, like you said, KD Light. Very light, but light. <laughs> Able to plug him into the same motions that you had KD running in Brooklyn, which is, you know, he's coming off that that curl, that pin down, and then just like cutting into the middle of the lane, getting the ball right there in that elbow range and just pulling up. And he's just knocking down mid-range jump shots. He's doing more off the dribble than I thought he was going to be doing defensively. I mean, that speaks for himself. 
it's just a matter of the right type of help. And that's why I think the Ben Simmons experiment should work in theory, but it's really just about can we trust him to be healthy, right? If Ben can be healthy and be 100% himself, then, yeah, I think this team maybe can possibly make a second-round appearance in the playoffs, kind of like the Knicks surprised the Cavaliers that made the second round. Um, but in terms of your actual question, Mikhail, I mean, number one kind of guy, but I do think he needs uh, – I'd say he's, he's kind of like a 1B and you really need a 1A versus coming into exiting. Like, well, before we got to FIBA, I'm thinking, okay, he might be a B or C most right now. I'm thinking he's a, he's a 1B type of guy for sure. Give us the Ben, Give Simmons. Us a ben Simmons update. Uh, he's found a microphone. That's the update. He's found mo- he's found the, mo- the most friendly microphones. And, you know, that's what you have to do. But you've got – he's got people – he's telling people, hey, look, you know, I'm, I'm as healthy as I've been. Um, I'm, I'm starting point guard, you know, and, you know, I, he's got something to prove. And, you know, if you take him for his word, right, then that's great to hear. But I think I speak for a whole lot of people, Nets fans, basketball fans in general, when we say we don't really want to hear or read any more Ben Simmons quotes, right? We want to see him go out there and compete. I want to see him go out there and play 30 games in a row. You know what I'm saying? I want to see him go out there and play. I want to see him dunk on somebody. To be honest, he, he hasn't dunked on anybody since he's put on the Nets jersey. If you're not dunking on anybody, I want to see him put pressure on the rim. You know what I'm saying? He, there are times in the game where he's not even looking at the rim, and that just cripples your offense because the team, the, the defense knows this. They know they can. If I can see it on TV, the, the people on the court can see it. The coaching staff can see it. They know what's going to happen, and that just puts a lot of extra strain on everybody else on the floor. I want to see him attack the rim. I want to see him put pressure on the on the on the on the rim. I don't. I, I think defense is going to be the easiest thing for him. I think he's strong. I think conditioning. I think he's been working on his conditioning, so like that should come. It's really is he going to be aggressive in scoring, right? And if he's able to do that, that's going to open up so many different things. Um, if he's not, I know people are going to say, oh, yeah, all you need is a playmaker. All you need is is a, is a defender. And sure. But in theory, if he's not looking to put pressure on the rim, you're playing four on five offensively every single time with, with a walk in DHO. And that's what he was for a long time when he was you know, the last year, just walking up the floor, dribble handoff out of the play, not even trying to roll to the rim. So what type of Ben Simmons are we going to see? Are we going to see the healthy one? And then if he's healthy, are we going to see an aggressive Ben Simmons or a passive Ben Simmons? That's I don't really got an update for you because he ain't played a game and he ain't calling me to give me interviews. He's talking to <laughs> Tina Savasio and, and, and Mark Spears. Love Mark Spears, by the way. Hall of Famer. That's my guy. But, uh, you know. I, I, I yeah, he's trying to, trying to rebuild that brand through the mic. And, you know, it's funny. You, you mentioned his health. And they came up, obviously, with the new NBA resting policy, whatever you want to call it. And there's the list of the stars, quote-unquote, that qualify for it. And when you see Ben Simmons' name is on that list, to me, it was just jarring from how recent history this guy was an all-star, all-NBA level, to where you and I are sitting here today. And, I mean, you're on the Daily Beat, and you have no idea what to expect from this guy who is still, quote-unquote, a star, at least based on those protocol measures. It's really wild to think about the arc of Ben Simmons. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and, and you know that star goes back to 2021, right? That's the last the cutoff date. So we gotta assume Ben Simmons is not gonna be a quote unquote star next year because I I can't see him being an all star this year, right? If he's an all star this year, something went really, really, really well for him, right? Like that means everything he said that that was gonna happen this season is true because if he's an all star this year over some of the guys that were all stars last year, with that means he's lock up defender. That means he's, you know what I'm saying, getting to the rim at least averaging 15. Is he, if he's averaging 15 points per game in a Nets jersey, that's a big win, right? But if he's averaging 7, 5, and 5, like we saw him last year, in the last few games of the year, he's averaging 4 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists. You know, I, I was I, it was the running joke all year. I'm like, that's not the 444 Hope was talking about in Brooklyn, and you were <laughs> averaging 4 points, 4 rebounds, and 4 assists a game, right? So, like, if Triple he's – if he's going exactly, if he's going to get back to those numbers that made him an All Star, and if he can reclaim that star status this year, then the Nets are in good hands. What, what what's your realistic expectation for him? I don't know. I wish I had yeah, expectations. Yeah. I don't have any. You know, it's I'm at, I'm at that point. It's unfortunate, but it's just like I don't want to put. Uh, like if he can come out and give you eight, eight, and eight, I I, I find it unbelievable to think that I can't get a layup a quarter from Ben Simmons, right? I can't get a layup and a trip to the free throw line and you shoot 50% from the free throw line and you give me 10 points, right? That's 10 points. That's one layup a quarter and two made free throws. If you can't get me 10 points fully healthy, you know, I, I think that's a problem. If I'm, if you're my $40 million man, right? That's just me. I, I'm pretty sure I speak for a lot of people. Um, yeah, yeah, to, but if you're not agree. scoring, Right, then you need to be dominant, like dominant defensively, out of foul trouble, and you need to be averaging something close to ten assists. If you're not going to put some pressure on the room, right? So let's call it eight, eight, and eight, right? And you need to be rebounding. If he's giving me eight, eight, and eight, I mean that's an improvement from last year, but it's also okay. Well, how many games are you playing? You know, and and we're talking about improvement from last year, but last year was was terrible. I don't even. I think if Ben could just instead of having his stats from last year up, just say he didn't play at all last year. I think he'd rather have the did not play versus the the poor output that he had, mm-hmm. right? Like it's just on paper, it was a terrible season. So the base, the bar is really at the floor right now. That's why my expectations are so low. I'm talking about averaging eight points, eight rebounds, eight assists, a steal and a block for a guy who was making $40 million and was a what, three-time all-star defensive player of the year candidate. Like, it's terrible, but I mean that's the state of the of, of affairs right now. It, until he can show he's fully healthy, right? The second he comes out and catches a chase down block, grabs a rebound, takes it full length of the court, dunks on someone and one, I'll say 15, eight and eight, right? 
and I got to go by what I see. And it's crazy because, you know, being a Celtics fan, I, I've seen this happen to two different All-Stars where they kind of lose that mentality to attack. And, you know, whether it's Antoine Walker and Rajon Rondo, two guys this happened to where they got shook at the free throw line. And, you know, Rondo started just chasing assists. And, of course, he, he found another life later on in his NBA career of how he could be. But he was never back to that Rondo that he was with the Celtics when he started getting shook at the free throw line. Antoine Walker had a, had a similar version of that towards the end of his Celtic career. And it's really, I mean, both those guys, Antoine was a three-time All-Star. Rondo was a four-time All-Star. Once they both got shook from that free throw line, not, neither of them ever got back to that. They found other ways to contribute, but they never really got back to that all-star level. And it feels like Ben Simmons is kind of at a similar inflection point in his career. Uh, oh, wait, of him being shook? I, I thought him being shook at the free throw line was like a lifelong thing. I don't know. Like, I, I don't remember him <laughs> being, oh, being confident. But well, I mean, at least I'm putting rim pressure because that's what happens when you put rim pressure. You're going to get fouled, right? Exactly, foul, sure, right? yeah. And, and the other side of that is, you know, Nick Claxton is also a poor free throw shooter, right? Like, so how many poor free throw shooters can you have on the floor? How many non-shooters can you have on the floor? This was something Jacques Vaughn was talking about. And now apparently I guess Jacques Vaughn has miraculously found out, you know, how to how to use Ben Simmons because last year when you had Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, you were talking about, yo, I don't even know what lineups to put on the floor with Ben. And now that you don't have two even more capable scorers, you're saying you figured it out. So I'm interested to see. I, I'm, I want to know what that starting lineup looks like. If you're really starting Ben Simmons and he hasn't, he didn't play all the last season, wasn't even, isn't, I'm not even sure if he's playing five on five right now. Could be, maybe isn't, um, you know, we'll, we'll find out, but you're talking about, you're going to play him, Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges, Nick Claxton. Those are your four definite starters. If he's starting, that leaves one more spot on the floor for somebody that has to be a shooter but also needs to be able to honestly put the ball on the floor and score. So are you going to start Spencer Dinwiddie next to him? Are you going to start Cam, Cam Thomas? I'd like to see Cam Thomas get 30 minutes a game, but is that actually going to happen? I don't know. Are you going to start Royce O'Neal, Dorian Finney-Smith? There's so many different ways you can go, but it's like, I mean, the the it, it all, all all roads honestly point back to Ben Simmons. If he's going to play at a high level, the net ceiling increases. If he's going to play at the level he played at last year, you're looking at a play-in team at the so I had a question about lineups that I wanted to go to, but you just mentioned Cam Thomas. So I'm going to pivot there for a second. Explain to me, like I'm five, what happened that week where he just dropped 40 points for three straight games, and then we never heard from him basically ever again. I'll explain it, I'll explain it to you like you're two years old. He saw the money bags. He saw the money bag. He saw he had an opportunity. That was his moment. I, listen, I'll never forget that little three-day stretch where he just – could not stop drop. He, he dropped 40 something like three straight games in a row. And I'm like, hold on. Are, are we sure we don't have the second coming of Kyrie Irving right here in Brooklyn right now? The way he was making all these moves and just shooting, not caring, just hitting shots. It was it was ridiculous. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, Jacques would point back to the fact that you know, yeah, he played well, but we lost some of those games. And the reason we lost some of those games is because this guy, you know, yeah, he's gonna shoot, but shooting isn't always in the best interest of the team, right? And that's really the the Cam Thomas conundrum right there. When do you shoot versus when do you get guys involved? Um, that's the reason why he was coming. And 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 granted, you know, Seth Curry was kind of tailspinning here in Brooklyn, not tailspin, but he we, he wasn't getting the best. Uh, we weren't getting the best out of him, so he tried to put him in front of Cam in, in the rotation. That didn't work out so well. Uh, but Cam Thomas is a guy that can come off the bench and get you thirty real quick. It's not. It's gonna feel. You're gonna feel it because you're gonna be like, damn, this guy's like six foot two, six foot three. Why is he giving me these points? Uh, but he, he's a bucket. So I'm, I'm excited. This has to be a breakout year for him because this is his, there is no other 
legitimate six man on the team that's that's dedicated to scoring, right? Like you could look at Royce O'Neal and say, okay, he's your six man, but he's more of like a glue guy, six man that's gonna come in, space the floor, make plays for everybody else. The the spotlight is on for Cam. He's gonna have the greenest of green lights because you're looking at this roster like okay, who else is gonna come out here and score for me? Uh, Mikhail Bridges, I think he's gonna be in a lock to get you 25 a night. Cam Cam Johnson, I didn't like what I saw from him in FIBA World Play. He kind of just like disappeared. You know, he didn't make some very good plays. Uh, I, I felt like there was an opportunity for him to really make an impact, and I don't think he. I think he's he probably would would say the same thing about his play. He didn't play well. Um, and now you just go down that list and it's like, okay, well, who else is going to give me buckets? Ben Simmons? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, will he even be on this roster? If, if you're talking about all these different trades that, that uh, hypothetically could happen, you got Damian Lillard, you got Joel Embiid. These guys could be on the move and uh, the Nets could be a third team in any one of these deals. Spencer is probably the trade chip that makes the most sense in some of these deals because he's making something like $20 million. Uh, and you need that. As I feel for a guy like Spencer because he's always – been kind of like that placeholder until you can get the better option right and and his contract kind of kind of kind of shows that um but at the same time damn good placeholder yeah right he's a guy that can that can win you a game or two i i watched him win a game right before the bubble happened right before the world shut down he went to la hit a game winner at staples center so he's a guy that can get you there um but you're looking at this team cam thomas is the guy that that you want to really step up and be that can he average 16 points a game off the bench this year and play some okay defense, right? And contribute to winning, right? I think the answer is yes, but he's got to step up. Yeah, I think the offensive limitations or they're the biggest question with this team is, you know, like you said, where are some of these points going to come from? But I do look at them from a defensive perspective. And and you mentioned before, can Claxton and Simmons play together? That's a that's a big question. But when you look at Claxton and his development last year, which I you know, I've always been a big Nick Claxton fan. Ben Simmons has been in the defensive player of the year conversation. Mikhail Bridges known for his defense. Dorian Finney Smith, I think one of the better perimeter defenders in the league. Cam Johnson, long as hell. You know, Royce O'Neal, another guy kind of known for the his defensive end or that accentuator on both sides. And so what do you think is the defensive ceiling for the team? You know, I think there are a lot of guys where being ranked 29th in their position wouldn't matter to them, right? I'm not sure that Nick Claxton is one of those guys. I think he's one of those guys where he sees someone rank him 29th out of all starting centers, and he's going to, like, make it a mission to kind of, like, prove them wrong. So that's that, I think that was a good thing for the Nets because now he's got added motivation. But for him, it's really just about size, right? Can he like we? It's it's kind of like the 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 USA the American center issue right now, right? Like dealing with some of these European guys, as we saw on the FIBA. You know, these guys are huge and they're gonna just push you around. And Nick Claxton has to put on that strength and that weight to be able to bang down there with them. But like he's gonna be able to guard everybody on the floor. If Ben Simmons is healthy, he's probably going to be able to guard one through four, really one through five. Mikhail Bridges can guard anyone who's not 250 pounds and of brute muscle, right? And then if you've got Dorian Finney-Smith or Royce O'Neal out there, those guys can guard at multiple positions. I mean, the Nets could have one of the – you could look at them kind of like the Toronto Raptors on defense, right? If you kind of just compare the personnel and how they're going to be able to switch a lot of different things. Um, I, I think defensively is going to be their the least of their issues. They, they'll be able to figure that out in training camp. They, they'll be able to figure out with the, with the rotations. They're going to be good. Offensively, are they going to be able to score 100 points, right? Can they score 100 points in a game? If you score 100 points, if you can get to 105 points in a game as the Nets, I, I think you have a good chance at, at, at getting that six seed, hopefully, if Ben Simmons is healthy, right? Because you look at the rest of the East, I feel like I feel like the, the standards last year were kind of a fluke. You had teams that had a lot of talent that didn't even make the play-in, that lost in the play-in. I think we're going to see a, a big reshuffle in the Eastern Conference standards, and that, and that might hurt the Nets. 
Um, but if they're able to stop other teams, can they stop other teams from scoring 100? Can they get to 100 themselves? I know it sounds kind of basic, but like you've got a team with a really good defense with a, with an offense that has that needs some some life. Honestly, um, let's find out defensively. I think that's going to be the least of their issues. How do you view the hierarchy in the Eastern Conference? That's a great question. Um, Milwaukee, I thought them getting bounced last year was a fluke. Um, so I got them number one still. Any concern with their age? Um, uh, nah. I think as long as Giannis is just a wrecking ball out there, he's going to figure out a way to just will himself past some of these teams. And last year he got hurt, and look what happened. They got bounced in the first round. Um, I, I think the Boston, if y'all would have brought the same team back this year, I would have had you at number two. But I don't know what this is going to look like for y'all. Getting rid of Marcus Smart, bringing in Porzingis, who's made a glass, right? If he goes down, if if he if you guys have an Aaron Rodgers event, then what's your ceiling, right? If he goes down, <laughs> oh man, and, and I, I, I didn't want to hear those I, I don't. I hate to wish that on you, but we're, we're talking gang green, right? So we got to we got to share some trauma. Um, yeah, if he goes down, I think a lot is riding on him right now. Uh, which I mean, you you like that for him because you know he, he's a clear number three. Right. So I kind of like that natural order for him. But like if he can't stay healthy, then you guys are really just Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum and a, a bunch of guys. And who knows? You, you can make it work. But, you know, I got you, you still looking at Miami. If you get Dame right, if Miami gets Dame, that's big Philly. If they keep James Harden, who knows? I, I think that the top five or six and this is why it's hard for me to see the Nets as anything more than a playing team. That top six is really already kind of solidified right there. You're going to have the Knicks coming back in in there and then probably the Cavaliers making that top six as well. And there's some other teams who might be in there. Right. You got Chicago might find a way to put it all together with the clarity of the Lonzo Balling coming back. Maybe it's like, OK, cool, we'll figure it out. You know, you, you never know. And then you kind of got the Nets. You got the Hawks. You got you got a bunch of different teams in there. So the East is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm excited for for Eastern Conference basketball. I think we're going to have a really fun NBA season. Um, but once once you go through that kind of hierarchy and you look at the Nets, it's like, OK, well, we're talking playing. Right. But then you're also thinking playing against who you got the the Hawks. You got I think the Wizards are going to be better than than people give them credit for. Um, you got you got a couple of the guys that I'm not even thinking of. The, the Hornets Pacers, are probably Pacers. coming. Miles Bridge, yeah. Someone made here's here's the state of affairs for the Nets. Someone made me a bet, and I took the bet. It was you know I, I bet you a hundred dollars the Pacers finish with a better record than the Nets this season. I was like I, I, I took the bet in five seconds. I said okay, cool, boom. I'll take that. That makes a lot of sense. But once you start thinking about it, the Pacers could score 140 points on you. They could get to 140 and not think about it. I don't know if the Nets will ever get to 140 points this year, right? So it's <laughs> it, it's tough. It, it's tough. So the Nets are gonna, I, and, and that's where you know what does Ben Simmons do? What does he? What does he add? So I got them playing. If they don't, if they dodge the play in and secure six or or better, I think that's a completely uh, valid season for them. Uh, but if they're in the play in, I think that's about where we expect. And if they miss the play in, I think it's a failure. So the move that I think could take the Nets from six to higher is there's still that Dame Lillard opportunity looming out there. Now, obviously, all signs mostly point to Miami. There's rumors of other teams getting involved. The Bulls popped up the other day. The Nets were originally one of those teams that Dame said he would consider going to, has some sort of relationship with Mikhail Bridges that I think helps, you know, bridge that gap, no pun intended. You know, and so let me ask you, are you interested in getting Dame to Brooklyn? And what would that even look like? Because my biggest question is what's left over? Because you gotta you gotta match that $45 million salary. So obviously Ben Simmons helps, but you gotta send out other assets with that. So what would that look like for Dame to come to Brooklyn? Now are you in favor of that? 
You know, I'm pulling up the uh, net salary cap sheet right now. I got my own little database. Here we go. Yeah. So um, would I be a fan of another superstar coming to Brooklyn? Absolutely. Right. It doesn't matter which star it is. I think Dame, You. It, it's just a matter. I think you get Dame and now you got that one piece. I still think you're a piece away. Right. I still do. I think I think Dame wants a ready made situation and the Nets are ready made, but they're not. I don't think they're a Dame away from from being able to beat the Bucks right now or even the Celtics in a, in a seven game series. Right. I don't think I think after that, you still need another like bona fide star, which is why it makes more sense for him to go team up with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo and a team that just was a Damian Lillard away from winning the champion. If the, he had Damian Lillard last year, I think I think we're talking about different NBA champions. Right. Um, that said, I mean, the Nets. I don't I'm not sure at this point if it makes sense for Dame, but it does make sense for the Nets if you're like going to go get Dame and then pull up a subsequent trade to go get another person. Right. So we're looking at what would that trade look like? I mean, if you're including Ben Simmons in that deal, that's a great way to to to, you know, match Dame's salary. But if nobody wants to take him back. Right. If no one wants Ben in that deal then you got to start getting creative where it's like, okay, well, obviously Spencer's going to be a part of that deal. Spencer's making 20 million next year. Mm-hmm. Dorian Finney-Smith is going to have to be part of that deal. He's making 14. And then you kind of have to start saying, okay, well, where does the actual value for Portland come in? Because, okay, well, we're giving up Dame. You know, we didn't want Tyler Hero. Makes you think we're going to want Spencer Dinwiddie, right? So, like, now you have to say, okay, well, we're redoing got- the Kyrie trade. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you've you got the, – the Nets have – here, what do I have here? The Nets have – how many tradable first round picks? The Nets have nine tradable first round picks, right? Uh, I'm not sure you can include all nine in a single trade, but that just right, shows right. you how. What well, they a lot of those come from them. Phoenix, right? So that would be a bet on almost Phoenix imploding. You got Phoenix, you got uh, uh, Dallas, and you got some from uh, a couple of the. I think you got a couple of the teams. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, you got, yeah, well, you got, uh, I think Houston still got swap rights on a few from that James Harden deal. But but really what, what it boils down to outside of draft assets, you know, the, the player package that the, the Trailblazers would get back is just not compelling. It's less compelling than Tyler Hero. Right. So that's why it's like, okay, well, they, they, I think, you know, the idea I've floated around is, okay, well, what if the Nets get Tyler Hero in a Damian Lillard trade? Right. I think that makes a lot of sense if you're able to put Tyler Hero and get that scoring punch that you needed and get him alongside Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson and, and Dorian Finley, Finney Smith and Nick Claxton to be able to hide him defensively. But at the same time, he's got those defensive limitations. I don't know how far you can go with him. But at the same time, we've seen him play well in big games. We've seen him hit big shots. We've seen him score 30, 40. You know, I think that would help them. Uh, 
Dame, and I think Tyler Hero is also more along the Nets timeline, right? Dame is older. He's going to want to compete right now. If you get Tyler Hero, that's a guy that you can Salary only keeps climbing. Exactly. Tyler is a guy you can kind of plan your future around. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see where the Nets fall, but I I get the sense that the the team we've got right now in Brooklyn is what we're going to get. Yeah, I love that idea of Tyler Hero to the Nets. Nets is a facilitator with Tyler Hero. I'm kind of on that same thought plane that I think that actually makes more long-term. It's not the final answer. Like you said, you're still going to be a move away or bridges popping more than we think he's pop- possible of, but you're a lot closer. And so I think that that would be the avenue that I think makes the most sense. At the end of the day, we're looking at that five spot and, you know, Nick Claxton's talking about he's up, he's due for a contract extension. We saw him talking about, Oh, he doesn't know what the future holds. Um, I, I think that five spot is going to be something that may have to get addressed long term with that star power that we're talking. You know, the idea I keep coming back to is, you know, Towns ain't from that far. You know, Carl Anthony Towns is not from he's from right next door. Right. So if he decides he wants to come home and, you know, he wants to play for the Nets, you put you put him in a Nets jersey at that five and you've got bridges and you've got now I'm not we've seen him have his shortcomings. But when you've got that type of star power that type of guy who can actually get you 30 and make plays. And now you've got a, a nice supporting cast. I don't think that's a bad move, but at the same time, it's just like, it, it, it's just, a, I feel like almost every person you get, there's like a, a drawback to them. And can you win with them? I don't know. We, we haven't been <laughs> this is why to- roster building's hard, man. This is why it's difficult. It's never finished and it's always evolving. Awesome, man. Well, Hey, I want to play a quick game with you and I'm going to get you out of here. So every time we have a guest on, the first time they visit us, we do what's called a Green with Envy 60-second fast break. So I'm going to go through a list of questions here. They're going to be quick hitting. Yes, no, fact or fiction, name this, name that. I'm going to trap you into a take you don't like, cut it up, final cut, and then send it out to the world, and it's going to be associated with your name for life. You cool with that? that? Oh, cool man. That? <laughs> All right, let me put 60 seconds on the clock here, and we'll get going. In three, two, give me your favorite NBA Twitter follow uh josiah for sure my guy friend of the show best pizza in brooklyn oh so i grew up on not raise so i'm gonna give them their flowers not raise in uh in fort green when you're getting your hair cut silence or conversation silence please love that love that fact or fiction ben simmons will be a net by the end of this year yes fact fact he will be Favorite NBA city to travel to? Phoenix. Thank you. Love Phoenix. Favorite Jets QB of all time? The one we had for like three snaps, bro. Aaron Rush is still my favorite Jets quarterback ever, bro. <laughs> That's real trauma, folks. Real trauma. All right. If only one player is available to join the Nets, Giannis or Embiid? Giannis. No question. Giannis without a question. Finally, what is the Nets' regular season seed and their playoff result? Eighth seed, uh, gentlemen sweep in the first round. All right, man. High hopes. I, I like the expectation setting the bar high. <laughs> no, I gotta be realistic, man. I got. I, I just if they do more than that, then I then it was a good season, I'll say. But like it's it's just we 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 ran through the hierarchy. It's difficult for me to see anything higher than six. And then, well, really anything higher than seven. And, and then from there, it's like, who are you matched up with in the first round that you're going to beat or that you're going to, you know, get more than one game on? I just, it's hard for me to see that. 
Hey, man. Well, I appreciate you joining us here. We'll have to link up during the regular season. Uh, real quick, just let people know where they can find your work, because I know you do a great job covering the net, so I want to make sure everybody can follow that and keep up. Appreciate but. that, man. I work for the New York Daily News. You can find me on Twitter at Chris Splash. You can find me at New York Daily, nydailynews.com slash sports slash basketball. And yeah, from there, you'll, you'll be able to find me. Um, and yeah, Instagram, Twitter, all the same thing at Chris Splash. Come holler at me. Awesome, man. Appreciate you for joining us today. My man, yeah, appreciate you for having me. Say. You got me on the floor, you know I came to play. I know I shouldn't, but you seem to take my pain away. And every time I score, Jason Tatum fade away. I close my eyes.